You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. What's good? Well, you always hit me with that question, and I'm always like, I should be more prepared after all this time. I'm not. <laughs> um, I'm already, my coffee's gone. I drank it real quick. It didn't last. So it was very good. It was pretty good. It's, I wouldn't order it again, Um, but it was fine. Trade Coffee has improved their rating system um, Mm -hmm. or their user friendliness of it. And so they have like four tiers, like dislike, neutral, like, and love it, which I've used to its fullest extent. Like, (laughs) Oh, a way to categorize and organize lists. Uh, I love it. This one, I was like, it's a neutral, you know, Mm. like there's nothing wrong. I can't complain. Just wouldn't buy it again. But a new one is due to arrive, I think, tomorrow or the next day. So pretty soon. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I got a shipment of coffee from a company called Good Citizen. Good Citizen Coffee Company. Interesting. Okay. And this is fun because EJ always throws in a link to the yeah, coffee true. companies if you, if you that we reference. show notes, you're missing sponsored. out. Sponsored. Not really. Just kidding. <laughs> but it's very good. I'm enjoying it very much. If I were going to utilize that trade rating system, which I've only done once or twice and not since that it was introduced. It so thumbs I, up, thumbs down. It's that's way right. better now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I need to start using that again then because I didn't find the thumbs up, thumbs down thing extremely helpful no so i just didn't use it point being this particular coffee would be it would be a four star it'd be i love it Ooh. it would be mm-hmm, yeah really good really smooth hint of fig you know a little note very, of fig i would love that actually mm-hmm. yeah mm. yeah it is excellent nice most good good citizens i see i see in, was, indeed yeah. indeed nice. yeah yeah, that's that's kind of unforgivable, isn't it? That's well, a pretty you know, what's in the past. You know, it's it is in the past. I mean, you could rewind this and keep listening to it if you didn't want it to be. That we uh yeah. <laughs> I guess you could. I my podcast app I have it set to be like a 15 second backup or fast forward. I don't know if I would necessarily rewind this part. <laughs> This is one of those things where people, I'm sure there are some who wished that there was a show note that said, if you want to skip the banter, go to, you know, (laughs) one of the, I don't listen to like a lot of podcasts anymore on a regular basis, Mm. but there is one that I I will still go back to and they have that. Yeah. They're like, if you want to skip the banter, go to this point. I'm like, well, I like the banter, but yeah, I appreciate that if, you know. There's one, uh, it's a movie podcast and they, they, it's like, they're like a roundup of the week and they talk about new releases and whatnot and they have timestamps for each and every segment. Wow. So it really helps me like, oh, I want to avoid spoilers for this or, you know, I want to keep myself in the dark and just be surprised. You can like really control that. It's pretty nice. But look, if you're upset with us right now, I've listened to 30 minutes of Banner and some podcast. <laughs> Proportionally, though, the podcast is like an hour and a half in those circumstances. But I've, I've listened to some unique intros. I'm sure. I'm sure. We're rookie status over here. Yeah. You know, we're really, we're not into much. But, you know, one of the things I do harp on a lot, on a regular that? basis, okay. talk about at length uh-huh. and that we will discuss in this podcast episode. Convenient. <laughs> No, one of the themes I've been harping on uh, pastorally and theologically, especially in the last two to three years, is that of the Christian's superior place in redemptive history. Uh, huh. <laughs> is that I'm, super clear? <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of that, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, what? Not everyone understands all those terms smashed together and what yeah. they mean? Uh, what? I'll, you know, I'll indulge you. I am, <laughs> after all... 
supposed to be here on the other stool talking, so I, sure, go ahead. Well, what I mean by that, thank you for indulging me, in essence is that like you and I mm-hmm. and those listening are, historically speaking, in a more quote-unquote enviable place than, say, Moses or David or Isaiah or even the apostles Peter or John or Paul. They would all look at us and say, you are in an enormously privileged place in the arc of redemptive history. And not just because of air conditioning, I assume. Because <laughs> that is what I unironically think of. I take that very seriously. Reversing the curse. We are exercising dominion. <laughs> Here. And they're like, yes, that is all. that is great. But uh, yeah, no, um, one of the, the reasons I harp on this and why I think it's important, and those of you who are listening from the community group, I'm sure some of you are probably sick to death of me talking about this, but it's important, okay? I harp on this because it's so easy to think, man, I wish I had been there when fire descended on Mount Sinai and God mm. spoke with a voice that the people could hear, never mind that they thought they would die if they heard it anymore and didn't, you know, <laughs> they were like, Moses, please, you know, let us hear it no more. Or, you know, we think that I wish that I had been in Jerusalem when Jesus came in on that donkey to the cries of Hosanna, like that kind of stuff. Mm. Like we think we're actually disadvantaged being where we are historically. Yeah, I Mind you, this is going to be a weird critique, but I'm just kind of spitballing here. Is it possible that that kind of attitude, which I, you know, I get it. (laughs) I do feel like that on several things. I would love to watch the plagues unfold. But um, do you think maybe it's sort of like a form of spiritual tourism? Mm. Like, Mm. because I think we marvel at the idea of seeing the sea split or fire fall in this really, you know, miraculous sight. But I I don't I don't actually want to live in that century, man. (laughs) No air conditioning. There's no air conditioning. At least I'm consistent. Um, But like, I just want the perks of seeing the events. I want the experiential highlight reel. Um, (laughs) But I'm just, honestly, I'm not completely sure it would do for our faith what we think it would. That is a great point and exactly why I am so interested in harping on this. Okay. You've hit the nail right on the head in regards to this whole kind of phenomenon. I don't think it's ill-intended. No, certainly not. But I do think that, again, it's exactly what you said. Like, oh, well, this would like bolster my faith in some way. And like, I don't know. I am actually not so sure about that. Right. And scripture seems to actually go the other way on that. Okay. So like we think because we weren't there to see and touch and hear ourselves that we're in this disadvantaged place as God's people. But to even, I think, build on what you were saying, not only is that probably not true, it's actually, I think, a wildly unhelpful way of thinking mm. in general. And it can cause us to miss out on the enormous, and literally universe-altering blessings that belong to us in Christ at this moment in redemptive history. And okay. I think that's why I'm so adamant about and why I will so often harp on this with people is because yeah. like you're going to miss the blessing that God has given to you right now. Yeah. And that, as I think we're going to see here shortly, that everyone else before now would say, well, we wish we were in your spot. And they would be warranted into actually saying that. And and I was reminded of this. And the reason I bring this up in the podcast is because I was reading about this in my morning scripture reading recently. Mm-hmm. I'm in the book of First Peter as of this recording. And just a couple of days ago, I read these verses and I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's right. Even Peter talks about this. Oh, wow. Okay. And these are these are some of my my favorite in all the Bible, which I know. Put a canon within a canon, which aren't they all your favorite? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I get it. I know. I know. Okay. But 
Here's, here's what the Apostle Peter says in chapter one of his letter. I'm talking about Jesus here. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. But it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Hmm. That that gets better with every line. Oh, really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, Peter, he's like, he's, you know, this old fisherman knows how to, he, <laughs> he knows how to, how to build really it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he knows how to reel it in. That's, uh, that's uh, good. That's a fish joke, fishing joke. <laughs> So yeah, I really want to hone in on those first couple of verses because you got to think about this. Peter had seen Jesus, yeah. like arguably the pinnacle of God's revelation of himself, the incarnation of the son of God. Mm-hmm. He had seen him. Mm-hmm. He had been with him. He'd seen him in his ministry. He'd seen him in his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw him resurrected. He watched him ascend into heaven. Okay. Lots of amazing things he witnessed. Pretty notable. And so I'm sure there were some folks in these churches he was writing to that were thinking, well, Peter, it makes sense that you would love him, even if you have to suffer for it, and that you would be able to endure all that, because you've seen him, you saw him, you were with him, you witnessed all these amazing things, but we haven't. Mm-hmm. And he's writing to churches out on the fringes of the Roman Empire, yeah, and they hadn't seen him. And so I'm sure they were tempted at times to think, well, we haven't seen him, and so we're disadvantaged. You know, we, we can't possibly have the kind of faith and strength and endurance and hope that you have. Right. But Peter's whole thrust is to say, no, no, no. You can love him without seeing him physically, because as the Apostle Paul would say, you can see him and you all have seen him with the eyes of your heart through the gospel. And the result of that is a joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. So in other words, a true spiritual sight of Christ through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. However dim it may be, and to get off on a quick rabbit trail, I mean, the Apostle Paul acknowledges that in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, we see in a mirror dimly, right? We do. But that dim spiritual sight is a true sight, and it is infinitely better than the very clearest physical sight of Jesus without the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. So much better. I think that is just as deep as it is easy to forget. It is. It is. And I think part of the difficulty of this is we do talk about how one day we will see Jesus face to face and how infinitely glorious and better that will be. Sure. But that is going to be a very different sight than what the apostles saw on the earth yeah, and what everyone in redemptive history has experienced up to this mm. point. Like that's a totally different thing. It's a totally different, different context category. and it serves a different purpose. Right, exactly. And uh, I don't want to get too far off into this, but John Owen, the great 17th century theologian, actually talked about the fact that in the resurrection with our glorified bodies, our physical eyes will actually be so changed that they can actually behold the fullness of Christ in his glory and understand it and comprehend oh, wow. it. Because you got to think about that moment, say Peter saw him yeah. on the Mount of Transfiguration. Well, they were more confused and frightened by that than edified. When Paul saw Christ on the Damascus road, he fell down. Like it knocked him literally off his horse and it blinded him. (laughs) When John saw him on the island of Patmos writing Revelation, he fell down at his feet as though he was dead and couldn't bear the sight. So like just taking all that together, also with the fact that, I mean, ponder this, that so many people did see the physical Christ on earth and it did them absolutely no good. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. Like they, because they didn't believe in him. They didn't have spiritual sight 
right to see him. And again, to pull from Peter's life, you think about that moment on the Mount of Transfiguration. You're like, that is worth meditating on, I think, that the only thing he could think to do instead of like worship or be like, wow, my heart was made for this was he was like, uh, Jesus, this is good. Let's let's build three three tents here so that you guys can, you know, hang out or we can bring people up here or, you know, whatever. Like he was just... He completely missed it. Mm-hmm. So you think about that and just all the, like, I mean, the religious leaders, the crowds, everyone who saw him and didn't believe and like seeing him did nothing to help that necessarily. In fact, that will probably serve unless they repented later and did put their faith in him. That's going to serve as just a heaping condemnation upon them because, oh, well, you saw him, but you didn't, you know, <laughs> you didn't believe him. Whereas we have the gospels now, right? Mm-hmm. And in the Gospels, we can truly see Christ and we can follow him to places we couldn't have followed him even if we were alive back then. Like, it's not like, you know, I think we assume, oh, if we were alive, like kind of like what you were saying, we get to experience everything that's been written for us and that we can know now. And that's just not true, you know? When we picture these events, I would challenge anyone to, like, when you think about what it would be like to look at it, I guarantee you, all of your imaginations, you have a really good seat for it. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's like you have this perfect idealized, I'll get to see it all perfectly showcased from the best angle. It's like cinematic. Right. Your imagination of these events. I'm like, yeah, that is not what those people experience. Right, exactly. And through the Gospels, I mean, you're talking about the way you're thinking about it there. Like, you're reading the Gospels, you get to sit with Jesus at the wedding in Cana as he turns water to wine and as he talks to the servants. Like, well, no one else got to do that. You get to see him in compassion and pity touching a leper and cleansing him. Like, well, no one else, you know, maybe a couple of the disciples, but no one else got to see that. You get to go with him to the mount where he preached the greatest sermon ever preached. Like, you get to hear it. Mm. You can walk into the upper room where he shared his last supper with his disciples. You get to watch him in the Garden of Gethsemane as he prays and pleads with his father. Like, you're getting to hear him plead in a way that, you know, yeah, I mean, Peter, James, and John were asleep, they were asleep you know yeah. and you can stand at the foot of the cross as he takes his last breath and bows his head mm. and the earth splits you know these earthquakes happen and the darkness descends like you get to experience all that now like truly and spiritually like not just in a you know oh like i'm reading about it but like there's a sense in spiritually in which you're caught up in that moment, I heard a professor once talk about how, again, I'm getting off on a bit of a rabbit trail, but this also reinforces my point mm-hmm. about where we are in the redemptive arc of history, that the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, he kind of helps us travel in time in that. So you have like Paul saying, I have been crucified with Christ. Like in other words, like when Jesus was dying on the cross, it was as if I truly died with him on the cross because the Holy Spirit applies that work to me right now. Okay. And so in that sense, it's like Holy Spirit's kind of like, not in a weird way, but like he's, he, you're time traveling almost. And you get that through the gospels too spiritually. Mm-hmm. Like there is a spiritual experience that's happening there if you have faith as you are reading it. And you get to experience all that. Yeah. I mean, like with several of most of those events, not even the closest people in his life took part in that whole checklist of events. <laughs> It's right. Like, yes. A lot of them are private moments, mm-hmm. like really personal. Like you wouldn't walk off the street and experience that. That was kind of a like a closed doors private moment when they had that last supper. Right. Stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. It's just like really uniquely special and kind of like these intimate slices of well, for us, these huge like cornerstone moments mm-hmm. in the history of our faith. Yes. Yes. And so we get so much in the Gospels that not even the prophets are apostles. Mm-hmm. God. And that's exactly what Peter is getting at when he says that it was revealed to the prophets they were not serving themselves, but us. Like they were serving us. That was their primary ministry. Their writings in the scriptures were primarily for 
us That's upon so whom the <laughs> yeah like the dawn of ages has come right so i just say all that to say that we are enormously privileged as believers to live in the time that we do with the whole canon of scripture and with the holy spirit dwelling in our hearts to make us see the son in all his glory with the father through the reading and hearing of those scriptures and so um again yeah like the prophets it was revealed to them they were serving not themselves but us so they would look at us and say wow we're your servants. Like you are, quote unquote, the princes and the kings and queens of the kingdom that we were serving. And they would want to, you know, I think they would love to have seen what we're experiencing right now. Yeah. So uh, I, I hope we will, we can all draw some encouragement from that today. Yeah. And if you did and you want to leave us an honest five star review. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, if you wanted to and you wanted to share, that would be awesome. And if you have any questions on this or any other topic, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net or interact with us on social media. So thank you, as always, for listening. We'll catch you next time.